0: Chapter thirteen of Benjamin Franklin by Robin McCown. The Fox recording is in the public domain. The Splendid Word Independence. As Franklin had foreseen, the King paid no heed to the Olive Branch petition of the Second Continental Congress. By royal proclamation, all Americans were declared rebels. The British had burned Charlestown in June and Falmouth in October, of 1775 it was hinted they were buying mercenaries from german princes that foreigners should be paid by the english to kill english subjects seemed the greatest insult of all franklin composed a short letter to william strahan his english printer friend mr strahan you are a member of parliament and one of that majority which has doomed my country to destruction you have begun to burn our towns and murder our people look upon your hands they are stained with the blood of your relations you and i were long friends you are now my enemy and i am yours b franklin he did not send this cruel note but instead wrote strahan a warm and cordial letter which strahan answered in kind perhaps he had written the first one to see how it sounded and when he read it over did not like it throughout the conflict he found ways of carrying on a correspondence with those he cherished in england on november twenty ninth seventeen seventy five the congressional committee of secret correspondence was formed with five members benjamin franklin and john dickinson of pennsylvania benjamin harrison of virginia thomas johnson of maryland and john jay of new york its assignment was to establish closer relations with foreign nations and where possible to make allies of those nations with these duties the committee of secret Correspondence became the predecessor of the united states department of state as a member of the new committee franklin wrote his friend charles dumas a swiss journalist with many political connections we wish to know whether if as seems likely to happen we should be obliged to break off all connection with britain and declare ourselves an independent people there is any state or power in europe who would be willing to enter into an alliance with us for the benefits of our commerce in a similar vein he sounded out barbeau du bourg his paris printer who had as he knew friends high in the french government the french were already watching america with interest the harsh terms of the seventeen sixty three treaty with great britain still rankled they welcomed any struggle that would involve england's military forces particularly if it could be prolonged to seriously weaken her in december seventeen seventy five a certain monsieur achard de Bonvalois, allegedly an antwerp merchant arrived in philadelphia through a french bookseller he arranged to meet franklin to whom he admitted that he had connections at the court of versailles in truth he was a french agent sent by louis the sixteenth foreign minister count charles gravier de vergennes to appraise the american situation franklin arranged for bonvalrois to meet with the committee of secret Correspondence at a quiet house in the outskirts of philadelphia it turned out to be a very crucial meeting the french government did not object to american ships coming into her ports to pick up cargoes bonvalois said if the british complained of the presence of these ships as a breach of neutrality the government would simply plead ignorance of what was going on but in return for this welcome assurance of free trade the french wanted to make sure that america intended to declare its independence from england independence was a word as yet heard rarely though franklin had mentioned its possibility in his letter to dumas he knew that few other members of congress much less the american people were ready for such a drastic step the urgent need for french cooperation made him speak out boldly certainly the americans were going to separate from england he told Bonvalois blandly the country was behind the war to a man everything was going splendidly general washington's army was growing there was exaggeration in his statements not only was talk of independence rare but america was peppered with loyalists those who like franklin's own son were opposed to action against the british crown while new recruits were joining washington many simply walked off when their time of service was up and some were deserting outright but franklin's words were a magnificent prophecy he was speaking from his own profound faith in his countrymen and his confidence was contagious bonvalois sent back a glowing report to the french minister vergennes france's secret alliance with america began from that time if americans were not more solidly behind the rebellion it was that their emotions had not been deeply aroused was not the chief dispute a matter of taxes no one likes to pay taxes but though people were ready to parade and protest against them not all were willing to risk their lives rather than pay them it took the protege of franklin thomas paine to point out that the rebellion was for something much more important than taxes paine had settled in philadelphia taken a job with the pennsylvania magazine and had in the few months he had been in america written some fine articles among them one of the first attacks on slavery to appear in the american press franklin saw him in october and proposed that he write a history of the present transactions an account of events that had led to the present crisis paine had only looked mysterious saying that He was working on something then in january seventeen seventy six franklin received the first copy off the press of a pamphlet titled common sense though it was published anonymously written by an englishman he guessed easily who had written it common sense written simply and clearly was a passioned and reasoned plea for secession from england it showed americans how much they had to gain from independence and how little there was to lose it made them hold up their heads with the pride of being american and convinced them that they were fighting for the most precious thing in the world their freedom there is no estimating the enormous service done by common sense in uniting the colonies in a common cause in february franklin sent in his resignation to the pennsylvania assembly and its committee of safety aged as i am i feel myself unequal to do so much business at the same time he accepted another arduous assignment from congress to head a delegation to canada to try and win french canadians to the side of the colonies two expeditions had already been sent to wrest quebec from the british one under general richard montgomery the other under colonel benedict arnold both had failed montgomery had been killed arnold severely wounded had retreated with his battered army to montreal franklin aged seventy set out on his mission the last week of march seventeen seventy six there were stops in new york albany and in saratoga where the snow was still six inches deep from there they rode horseback across to the Hudson and proceeded up the river in rowboats to Fort Edward. I began to apprehend that I have undertaken a fatigue that at my time of life may prove too much for me, Franklin wrote Josiah Quincy. They sailed along the coast of Lake George in open flatboats fighting their way through ice. When the cold grew too bitter, they stopped to make fires, thaw out, and brew tea by april twenty fifth they reached lake champlain and in clumsy wagons drove over bad roads to the st lawrence where they again took to boats their hard journey ended at montreal on the twenty ninth benedict arnold now a general came to meet them and there was a cannon salute to the committee of the honorable continental congress and to the celebrated dr franklin the conferences the next day proved what franklin had doubtless suspected the Canadians, for the most part, found British rule preferable to French rule and were not dissatisfied. The majority were Catholic and, as such, hostile to the colonies because of unpleasant things that had been said about their faith. General Arnold and his men were penniless. Franklin loaned them about three hundred and fifty pounds of his own money in gold. On May sixth, word came that the British were sending reinforcements from England franklin guessed that the americans would be driven from canada it happened just a month later he stayed on until may eleventh then realizing nothing more could be done set out for home he was in new york by the twenty-seventh as worn out and ill as though the vain mission had drained the last bit of his strength his health returned slowly from philadelphia on june twenty first he wrote washington that gout had kept him from congress and company that he knew little of what had passed except that a declaration of independence was in the making to this development the magic of common sense deserved credit on april twelfth north carolina had instructed its delegates to congress to vote for independence other colonies followed suit on june seventh richard henry lee introduced a resolution that these colonies are and of a right ought to be free and independent states three days later congress appointed thomas jefferson john adams robert livingston of new york roger sherman of connecticut and benjamin franklin as a committee to prepare the declaration jefferson produced the first draft John Adams and Franklin made only a few alterations before it was submitted to Congress on June 18th. Congress nearly drove the committee out of its mind with demands for extensive changes. One clause which attacked slavery was deleted altogether. When nerves grew tense, Franklin told a story. There was a hatter he had once known who built a handsome signboard, reading, John Thompson Hatter makes and sells hats for some ready money adorned with a picture of a hat he submitted it to his friends for approval one thought the word hatter unnecessary another that makes was not needed a third thought for ready money useless since no one then sold for credit his next friend insisted sells hats be omitted no one expected him to give them away all that was left when his friends were through with him was his name john Thompson, and the drawing of the hat the moral lesson implied may have speeded up the congressional process at length the declaration met with approval john hancock in big black writing affixed his signature first according to legend hancock said we must be unanimous there must be no pulling different ways we must all hang together to which franklin allegedly replied we must indeed all hang together or most assuredly we shall all hang separately the ideas in the declaration were not new many of them had been said by others specifically by thomas paine in phraseology not too different from jefferson's the document adopted by congress on july fourth seventeen seventy six remained the greatest charter of freedom of all time in the midst of the wonder of independence the new jersey assembly ordered the arrest of its governor william franklin as a loyalist another sad blow for his father he was first held under guard at his home then taken to connecticut where he was kept for two years in the Litchfield jail or on parole temple came to live with his grandfather attending the pennsylvania academy which franklin had started so many years before the declaration of independence splendid as it was still was only words on paper the reality was far in the future and the present looked very dark on and around long island was gathered the greatest british expeditionary force in history some thirty-two thousand men including german mercenaries whom the americans called hessians and five hundred vessels were there in command of general sir william howe who after leaving boston had gone to halifax for reinforcements and in the harbor a mighty fleet under his brother admiral lord richard howe and in manhattan general george washington with less than half as many men ill-clad and hungry and a good portion too sick to fight to get a foothold on long island washington took half his army to brooklyn heights the results were disastrous a surprise attack by the british on august twenty seventh brought american casualties killed and wounded to nearly two thousand it was to the credit of washington and john glover's marbleheaders and former salem sailors that boats were found to carry the survivors back to manhattan under the cloak of night why did not the howe brothers pursue them then and there they needed only to send a force up the hudson or long island sound to trap the rebels and cut to pieces america's principal army yet they dawdled awhile why the truth was that admiral lord howe whom franklin had first met at the house of his sister had come in a dual role of warrior and peace ambassador he was empowered to offer full pardon to all rebels with the secret exception of john adams and on his arrival had sent franklin a flattering and friendly letter making a proposal for reconciliation which franklin with the sanction of congress had turned down in an equally cordial missive soon after the battle of long island lord howe sent another request to philadelphia by a paroled prisoner general john sullivan for delegates to come and discuss a settlement of hostilities franklin john adams and edward rutledge of south carolina were chosen they met lord howe and his staff on september eleventh at a neglected house on staten island in a room hung with moss and branches americans and british dined on cold ham tongue mutton bread and claret all the while making polite conversation then they got to business lord howe did most of the talking he felt for america as for a brother he said and should lament as a brother should america fall my lord we will use our utmost endeavours to save your lordship that mortification franklin said with a guileless smile the king's most earnest desire was to make his american subjects happy howe continued they would redress any real grievances it was not money they wanted america's solid advantage to great britain was her commerce her strength her men ay my lord franklin said chuckling we have a pretty considerable manufactory of men he was referring not as house secretary presumed to the growing army but to america's rapidly increasing population howe continued to plead for a resumption of the old relationship with england franklin told him firmly that was impossible had not their defenceless towns been burned in the midst of winter indians encouraged to massacre their farmers and slaves to murder their masters and now foreign mercenaries brought to deluge their settlements with blood ah no after these atrocious injuries there could be no return to their previous status the conference ended on this impasse following this meeting the british drove washington north to harlem heights and on to white plains during the evacuation new york caught fire and a third of it burned no one ever knew who was responsible the situation looked hopeless unless substantial aid could be had from outside and where could they go for such aid if not to france congress chose three commissioners to represent america at the french court jefferson franklin and silas dean of connecticut who was already in paris when jefferson declined because of his wife's health arthur lee cousin of light horse harry lee of virginia was chosen in his place before he left franklin appointed richard Bache as deputy postmaster and turned over to congress all the money he could raise as a loan around four thousand pounds to his friend joseph galloway he entrusted his trunk containing his correspondence from the years he had spent in england as well as the only existing manuscript of his autobiography he took with him two grandsons eighteen-year-old temple franklin and benjamin franklin Baish, aged seven they left on the sloop reprisal october twenty seventh seventeen seventy six did the two youths know what a perilous journey they were making with the english navy prowling the seas in search of just such prizes as the reprisal temple at least must have realized that if they were captured his gray-haired grandfather would be considered a prize more valuable than any ship and would certainly be hanged as a traitor not only was the crossing made safely but within two days of landing the passengers had the thrill of witnessing their captain take two british prizes which the reprisal on december third brought to oray on the coast of brittany chapter